and welcome to another episode of the Debutante Report. I'm your host, Michael Lung, back again to break down week three of Australian Survivor Brains versus Brawn. Now, I can safely say this has been one of the most hectic weeks of Survivor in recent memory. So many idols, so many crazy players, players that didn't turn out the way it was meant to turn out, but we're here again to break it all down. And with me today is a very special guest making his debutante report debut, my mate Cam. Cam, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Happy to be here. I'm keen to talk about it. Yeah, thanks for coming on board, mate. As we like to do with all of our guests, we've got a few intro questions, if that's all right with you. Going to fire them at you, quick fire, and we'll get to know you a bit better. How's that sound? Sounds good. Let's get going. Awesome. Here we go. So first question, what is your survivor background? Oh, look, I like, I'm, I'm not a, I wouldn't say I'm a super fan. I like to consider myself just a, a casual Australian survivor um, only man. Um, so I reckon I could just be giving us a bit of a perspective into the regular viewer. Um, but yeah, I've, I've watched all the Australian seasons, haven't delved into any overseas, but I wouldn't say no to it in the future. Yeah, nice, nice. Always love to get a few new perspectives on the podcast. Second question, who is your favourite Survivor player of all time? Look, you know, as you go season to season, there's always a few that stand out. But I've been sort of thinking about it and I reckon I'd have to, I'd be chopping up between sort of three. It would either be Jericho, Luke or the Golden God. But yeah, I I really like the Luke-Jericho duo as as everyone did. But yeah, I I probably would go with Jericho in the end. He's had some, some good moments. Yeah, man, he, he played a, a ripper of a game in season two. And of course, Luke and Jericho are probably, I'd say, the most iconic duo in Australian Survivor history. So can't go wrong with that pick there. Uh, moving on to the third question. What is your favourite blindside of all time? The, the one that the one that broke my heart, of course, uh, the one of, Sir, of David. I think it was like season five or season six, um, just the season before he came back to All Stars. But yeah. Went home with the idol in his pocket. It was tragic, but it was pretty well executed. Yeah, it was a pretty good blindside by Pia and Janine, I would say. I think that was season four, um, Champions Contenders 2. I'd I'd say as well, that season, season four, was probably David's best season. That might be just my opinion, but I think he played a really good game in season four. Um, made a few really big moves, and that was a really interesting season as well. So, yeah. It was a bit sad to see him go, but it definitely was a crazy blindside there. Moving on to the next question, just what are your initial thoughts of this season so far? I mean, we've already touched on in previous episodes. Brains versus Braun, new concept, new locale as well in Australian Outback. Yeah, just want to get what your initial thoughts of this season have been. It's been it's been good TV. Um, I, like I've seen some some like Survivor super fans been saying like, oh, you know, too many idols, too many like too much stuff going on. It's not like pure Survivor enough, but, you know, it, it's, it's enjoyable to watch seeing all the idols, seeing all the mayhem with George just being George and, um, yeah, just, you know, some crazy plays going on. But the the theme, like Brains versus Brawn, I've got a bone to pick with that because, like, yeah, let's sure the that. Brains, surely the Brawn tribe is stronger. But, like, come on, there's literally a Tour de France rider in the OG Brains. Like, sure, it takes mental, like, exertion or whatever, but, like, come on. He, he should be in Braun. Let's, let's be realistic. Like. Yeah, I definitely know what you mean. I think 
casting definitely like to change things around and try to mold people wherever they uh wherever they so fit but yeah on paper especially given how australian survivor has run in the past it would have been a no-brainer to realize that broad would have dominated all the challenges right off the bat but it's been a bit interesting because Braun haven't won all the um, immunity challenges so far. They seem to have won all the rewards, but they're losing players. They've lost players in the first few episodes um, and haven't had everything their own way. So I guess it works out pretty well in the end. We've also seen a lot of puzzles in the future in the first few challenges as well, which gives brains that bit of an edge down the back end of the challenges. But yeah, it hasn't been as lopsided as I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and like. Also, like they can't really just just make it all like physical challenges and then have brawn just dominate. So I suppose it does make sense with the slightly not really brain versus brawn and also those challenges. Um, they have a few more puzzles and stuff, but yeah, it, it's been pretty good so far, I suppose. Yeah, the challenges have definitely been different. Like there's been a lot of variety, a lot more different challenges. It's been good to see as well. It's been very entertaining there. Final question from our intro questions, just. Who's standing out to you in the cast at the moment? I know we've got a lot down the top end and a lot down the bottom end, not so many in the middle, but yeah. What, who do you, who's standing out to you in the cast? I'd say I, I really enjoyed, as, as arrogant and egotistical as they were, I did like the Simon and, and Emmett duo. But particularly, I know this is sort of spoiling a little bit, but Emmett and Simon, that last tribal, that was just like pretty funny, to be honest. Um, but I also really like Gerald. I don't know what it is. He's just got a really good vibe. And I also yeah. liked um, Big D, but again, another spoiler. Um, yeah, but yeah, there's, there's a few favourites. There's some that I'm like, why are you really here? But yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of really out- outlandish alpha males in the cast. Yeah, Simon definitely being the top dog of them all. And he's definitely been good TV so far. But yeah, there's definitely been a big spread in terms of screen time i was looking at an article on a um i think it was a fan page and it showed that there were more idols in the season than some players have had confessionals so far like oh yeah <laughs> a yeah. bit of a joke but like it's a bit yeah australian survivor has always had a bit of a lopsided edit towards the top end and not so much towards the bottom end just the way it is i guess but yeah great to hear your responses to those questions and great to have gotten to know you a bit better, Cam, and your Survivor background. Let's dive in, why don't we, into the first episode this week. Um, Sunday's episode, we saw Big Blindside. Joey went home from the Brains Tribe. Uh, I think absolute baller move. I want to hear your thoughts of it first, though. What did you think of this move? Oh, I, like I, I heard you say it on last week's podcast, he, he was giving off major um, Luke Toki vibes. Like, you know, especially in his confessionals, doing big sort of, you know, big um, actions with his hands and just, yeah, just giving up major um, golden god vibes. But look, it was, a, it was a pretty good blindside. It's always good to see the, the little minority making some, some moves like that. But yeah, I, was, I, I had mixed feelings about Joey. I'm not sure how much I liked him. I always think in the early game, like, sure, you know, you're making big moves uh, if you're going to go that sort of route. But I always think it's a little bit suicide trying to lead the charge and like, well, yeah, you can get some some pretty crazy moves. You can also get crazy moves later on after merge or after tribe swap. But yeah, it, it, was, it was definitely a good move. Yeah, good move on the minorities part to get rid of Joey. He was definitely leading that majority alliance over there. 
But yeah, Joey was playing really hard, really quick. He was in a really strong position really early in the game. And in Australian Survivor, where it's a typically a long game, that's probably not where you want to be right off the back. Um, hearing a few interviews and reading a few forums, I heard that Joey wasn't really too prepared in terms of knowledge of Survivor going in. I heard that he only watched all-stars heading into this season. So he probably didn't probably didn't have a well-rounded knowledge of Australian survivor. He probably only saw David playing really hard in the game and thought, this is how you're meant to play Australian survivor. I'm going to go hard. (laughs) And it got him voted out pretty early. So yeah, not the smartest play by Joey in terms of heading into this season, but he was definitely a big TV character and yeah, it was definitely entertaining to watch. He was topping the, confessional count or was second to George before he left. So yeah, really good TV. I think he was more, he tried to emulate Luke quite a bit as we mentioned earlier, but yeah, ended up getting voted out. I wanted to talk a little bit about um, Haley in this plan, because I think this is a very impressive move in my opinion, simply because yes, she had an idol, but the move itself was purely social. She didn't need to use the idol to, to be able to pull this move off. Yeah, what did you think of Haley's part in this, Cam? Oh, look, I've been very impressed with Haley um, through this week. Like, we hadn't really heard too much from her. Um, but, yeah, like, I saw that first sort of confessional from her where she's like, oh, I'm sick of just being a number. I'm going to start making moves. And I'm like, yeah, we've heard that before. I'm not too convinced. But then she actually she actually did start making some big moves, uh, making some social connections. Um, but, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where her game goes. I'm thinking that she could actually make it quite far. It seems like she's kind of got some knowledge down. It seems like she sort of knows how to make connections and manipulate what people are thinking. So, yeah, de- definitely definitely some big plays from her in the future, I reckon. Yeah, she's definitely had a really big week this week, that's for sure. Not only in this episode, but also in episode three. Uh, but let's dig a bit deeper into this move itself because we have... A minority consisting mainly of George and a lot of other fractured members that have gone different ways. So we have George and Baden strictly on the bottom and a few in the middle and then a strong majority of four or five um, with Haley and Rachel on the bottom of that. And so Haley decides to make a move because she's now got this idol. I think it's a bit strange that since she found this idol, she finally decided that it was time to make a move. But better late than never, I guess. Um, she decides to go to George to try to make a move. She's got Rachel on her side. That's three. Now she still needs to get a couple more votes on her side. She ends up getting Baden, which isn't too hard to do. And then Way ends up coming on board as well. But what I find strange is that Way and George have just, they're not on good terms after the last tribal council. Rachel, after having another conversation with Haley, doesn't seem on board as well to get rid of Joey. She thinks it's a bit... Um, a bit too out there at the moment and wants to stay with the majority. And yet Haley still manages to pull them all together and pull off this massive, massive, massive blindside and keep her idol in her pocket as well. I mean, very big props to Haley on that move. I thought that was super, super impressive. And yeah, great move all around by Haley. Um, anything else from Sunday's episode that you wanted to touch on, Cam? Oh, I think he I think he covered that move pretty well. Just like with Way, I just really feel like she's got no clue what she's doing, to be honest. Um, she just seems to be she's get I forgot I forgot the name. I think it was the very first Australian Survivor season. Um, I think it was the winner. Do you remember who that was? Yeah, Christy Bennett. 
Yeah, yeah, she's giving me kind of Chrissy vibes. Um, like, because Chrissy was sure she she made some good plays at the end, but through the start, she really was just a bit of a number, if I'm remembering it correctly. So, who knows? Maybe we'll see Way just manage to just be not quite bad enough to be voted off early, and then make it through to merge and start making some bigger plays. But yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. Yeah, she's definitely been an interesting character this season. She seems a bit lost, like doesn't really know what she's doing, tries to make a move in her perceived best interest, but from a te- from an audience perspective, doesn't seem like she's making the right move or it seems like she's at the bottom, doesn't seem like she's gaining any agency in this game, um, but her perception might be that she's actually doing things in the best interest for herself. But that just might be the edit coming across to us there. I don't have high hopes for way. I did midway through um, week two. Right now, I think she's not having a strong alliance doesn't seem to have much agency um, at this point in the game in, in Sunday's episode, but we'll see how that moves on later. Also wanted to bring up um, something from this Sunday episode. And that was when Kara got swapped over to the Braun tribe. We touched on this a bit in last week's episode, how she was in a pretty good position being in the middle of two alliances. And I really wanted to see what would have happened if that Braun tribe had gone to tribal council because Shannon seemed to have been doing a really good job at trying to win Kara over to her side and could possibly have taken out Simon or another big player on the initial Braun tribe. But it was a shame that we got robbed of that opportunity and Kara's initial swap only lasted for one episode. What do you think, Cam, would have happened if Braun would have gone to Tribal Council in Sunday's episode? It, it seemed like Shannon had a bit more of a... Uh, more of a hold on Kara as she had arrived. Like, I feel like the big intimidating boys, I don't know whether Kara would have wanted to join them as much. Um, but yeah, I think I think heading into that tribal, I don't think it would have been Kara that went home. Yeah, I, I think it probably would have ended up being Shannon and the girls who have taken her and then whatever move they wanted to make, whether that be on Simon or, or Emmett or one of those other people. Um, I think that's probably the way it would have gone. But yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think they should have maybe maybe swapped her over a bit earlier, or um, just kept maybe one or two more episodes before the tribe swap. But I think I think that was potentially a bit of a waste of opportunity, and it also seemed a little bit like a setup because it seems like the producers seem to like George quite a lot. So I think they're like, oh, he could be going home here. Let's set up, uh, let's set up some sort of thing so he doesn't go home. I'm not sure if that's how it works, but. It did seem like a bit of a setup that way. Yeah, I'd say production's definitely having a hand in this season, maybe too much of a hand in impacting the outcome of the game. But I think we'll touch on that a bit later as we go on. But yeah, I definitely think they should have waited another episode before going to a full swap um, with Kara on the initial Braun tribe. I think this might be a results orientation thinking, but Shannon trying to win over Kara might have put her in a worse position after the swap happening than if the swap hadn't have happened. Because if the swap hadn't have happened, she most likely would have taken Kara under her wing and into her own alliance and been able to solidify um, her alliance on the initial Braun tribe. So it's a bit of a shame that we didn't see that happening. I think things could have turned out a lot differently if we just waited one more episode before going to a swap, which is a bit of a shame. But after Sunday's episode, we do see Joey going home and Braun don't have to go to Tribal Council. Moving on to episode two of week three. This was a big episode. We have the swap 
And I'd say this is probably one of the craziest swaps that we've ever had. Um, whilst on paper, it might seem that we have two tribes going into a swap into another two tribes. It actually is a four tribe swap in quotation marks in that there are four separate alliances going into a swap, going into two tribes, if that makes sense. What do yeah, you yeah. think of this swap, Cam? It, um, it, it was, it was, look, it's kind of hard to, hard to know how they do it, but it seemed that they split up the tribes um, in a pretty, in a pretty good way in that it's making a lot of action, just splitting up some big people, but you're also reuniting George with Kyra because it seems like they had a bit of a thing going on together and um, they could have potentially made some big moves. But yeah, it was, it was interesting seeing how just with the one swap, the entire theme of the season sort of ends after two weeks or two and a bit weeks. So like, you know, Brains versus Braun is already over and it's just you now two different tribes. But yeah, I think it's an interesting point that you raised saying that it's a bit of a four tribe swap because those tribe lines had really been very um, like strong. I suppose you could put it in a, in the way that it, yeah, really is pretty much a four tribe swap. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's interesting what you're saying, how producers are having a hand in a lot of what's happening this season. But yeah, I found it interesting how both tribes ended up with a 5-4 brawn majority on paper. But that's not what it turns out to be, is it? We go over to the new Brains tribe. This is going to get really confusing in trying to keep track of um, Brains and Brawn and who's on which side and the d- different tribal lines. Um, but let's stick with new Brains. There's a 5-4 Brawn majority with Kara being in that Brawn. And then they managed to pull George over and they end up having a 6-3 majority. We see, though, that Laura also finds an idol in this episode. And so when new brains go to tribal council, plan is to have a 3-3-3 split in the, in the votes, and then Laura will play her idol, and then they'll vote out the other person who doesn't have a vote, who doesn't have the idol in the minority. So on paper, this should be a really simple move that goes down. But... <laughs> That's not what happens. Kara ends up cooking this vote and she votes for Laura being the wrong person and Big D gets voted out instead. Now, I felt really bad for Big D in this situation. Like, how on earth could you mess up that vote um, on Kara's behalf? That was just a stupid, stupid move. What are your thoughts on this vote, Cam? <laughs> oh, I was so sad. I, like I mentioned at the top of the episode, like I, I, I had a big... Um, I was a big fan of Big D. Um, yeah. So, like, also, um, as they were sort of planning this vote, George was being so clear. And then there's just that confessional with Emmett where he's like, yeah, it seems a bit confusing to me. And I'm like, oh, you're definitely stopping this up. You are absolutely going to vote for the wrong person. But, yeah, then Kara does. So, look, I, I didn't mind Kara. She seemed like a fairly nice person. But then, like, after she stopped that up, I was not, not too happy. Like, seriously, how on earth do you mess up a split vote? I mean, yes, a 3-3-3 three to three to three split is probably one of the most dangerous splits to happen in Survivor. We've seen that in especially US Survivor, Season 20, Heroes versus Villains, one of the most famous blindsides of all time. Russell Hance ends up convincing Tyson to flip his vote, and then Russell plays an idol on Parvati, and Tyson ends up voting himself out there. Sorry, Cam, if you might not <laughs> be getting this reference, but... <laughs> In the Survivor community, this is probably one of the biggest blindsides to ever happen in Survivor, and it was through a 3-3-3 three to three to three split. But yeah, just how on earth do you mess up that vote? Like, on paper, one of the simplest 
survivor moves you could do. Another thing that I wanted to bring up, the casting of this season, I'd say is probably with the most players who have no or little to no experience with survivor whatsoever. I was looking through another one of the Facebook groups and someone brought up that the fact that the players don't even know what a split vote is, a simple survivor move. The fact that someone in this cast didn't know how to spell survivor in a previous episode just shows that the casting for this season has been a bit poor in my opinion. I don't know what production we're going for, but yeah, just the level of strategy on this season has been quite low that it's ended up turning out to be quite entertaining because they don't actually know what they're doing. I don't know. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that, Cam? I mean, yeah, I think, I think again, it probably does make for, for good TV, seeing like some sort of higher level players who do know what they're talking about. Um, trying to like baby these sort of inexperienced people who have probably watched half a season and be like, yeah, probably good to go. So, yeah, it, it's entertaining seeing that sort of contrast between them, but it can be a little bit frustrating um, when people just have no idea what to do. And it probably also um, isn't too good for the big super fans who are just watching and just cringing and just don't even want to watch it. But, yeah, it, it is a weird take for the for Channel 10 to make um, in, this, in this sort of casting. But, yeah. Yeah, uh, this casting has definitely been really strange and... Once again, I feel really bad for Big D getting voted out in this situation. It wasn't his fault. It was a simple move on paper. George came up with it. See, <laughs> players seemed to think it was bonkers. Like it was some wild, crazy, intelligent move. It wasn't that It wasn't that complicated on paper. Big D gets voted out. Feel really bad for him. And yeah, I just hope that he would have gone further. Kara now doesn't seem to be put in such a good position now after she screw the pooch on that one uh, we'll see how it goes in the next few episodes but before we move on to the next episode is there anything we missed from this one cam there was there was no reward challenge which was a bit of a shame mm-hmm. they're always quite entertaining you like the um, challenges though i do like the challenges uh yeah I, I was i was keen to see the whether the um brawn run of uh challenge wins was going to continue but oh actually no it got did it get finished off last week or was that different episode yeah brains ended up winning a reward at the back end of last week mm, yeah yeah oh Very actually true, no, it, was yeah. it was the start of this week it was before it's the last one before the swap yeah yeah well it, it would have been interesting to see at least the, how the tribes were going to work together um in a challenge scenario but yeah we, we got to see that um on the immunity challenge obviously later on but yeah that's that's about <laughs> all for me but yeah moving on to the final episode of this week and this was absolutely crazy. Both tribes going to tribal council. We see the most unlikely people of all time winning individual immunity. We have Way, Rachel, Andrew, and Emmett. <laughs> Four misaligned people ended up winning reward and immunity and have this time to strategize. And I don't even know what, if they were even on the same page or anything, or even if they had any strategy talk. It was just crazy that these four ended up in a power position. See both tribes going to tribal council and now we have to um and now we have two I guess strategy breakdowns where you got let's go to the initial brawn side. We've got a 5-4 brawn advantage in the new brawn tribe. And so they're thinking about whether to throw Kara's name onto the bus or vote out Laura. It turned out pretty simply in the end. Like Laura gets voted out which is what brawn wanted to do. 
but yeah, Kara got her name voted down a few times, which didn't make her feel too good, did it? Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. What, what are your thoughts about the dynamics on this new brain stripe? Oh, well, I suppose this isn't sort of answering that question, but I thought it was a bit strange that Kara sort of like confessed to everyone at the start of that challenge. Mm, yeah. It just seems to be an odd move, like, you know, like, sure, maybe that's going to let you get over your guilt, but like, who cares? You know, it's survival. That's just how it goes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, it's it's a weird brain stripe. Like, both tribes are pretty weird, to be honest. I think they split it up quite well and yeah also going back to to that reward challenge like honestly when they were when they were having their champagne like you can just tell that they have no idea because usually at those sort of challenges uh, sorry at those sort of rewards you're going to have some huge strategic talking and stuff but like there was about two minutes of them like eating the food and then Emmett just sort of being like oh what do you reckon and then there's about 30 seconds of them being like yep let's vote for this person and then it's just over straight away. So it's just it like, seemed like the most casual strategic talk I've ever seen. Like, there was yeah. no there was no intent by either of them or anyone there to really make a move. But yeah, we saw Laura get the votes. We'll dive into the twist itself later on, but just looking at the dynamics in itself, let's move on to the new Braun tribe. Now, this one's a really interesting one because Haley ends up revealing that she has an idol and that forces the Braun tribe to split their vote and ends up Shannon getting most of the votes um, because the brains have now, the original brains Alliance have realized that they've got the majority. So what did you think about this vote split here, Cam? I I was definitely, I was definitely rooting for Simon and uh, his Alliance. So yeah, when when, uh, there was that twist and they were talking about who's going to go, yeah, definitely was rooting for Simon. But getting back to the to the meat of the split, I think I think it was a bit naive of Shannon to just assume that Simon was going to trust her like that without making any sort of backup plan. Uh, mm, I think yeah. that that was probably a poor move, considering that like she is seen and she has even said in confessional she can see that Simon is smart and Simon can be making big moves. So I think that was you know she she sort of dug herself a hole there by not making any other plan or any backup plan or anything like that. But yeah, I think it was, it was pretty well played from Simon. I think he handled the situation quite well and she, he could read, um, he could read what Shannon was thinking pretty well as well. Yeah. I'd have to agree with you there. It was a really strange move on Shannon's behalf to think that she could trust Simon and that Simon would want to go along with her plan. But yeah, ended up Simon ended up getting the votes back onto Shannon and along with the OG Brains Alliance, and Shannon gets receives a lot of the votes there. I just wanted to go on to Haley's part for a second there. Once again, she played this situation perfectly. She recognised that Brains were in the minority, and so she had to do something with the idol that she had. She ended up forcing a prisoner's dilemma, where original Bronze Alliance were then forced to either stick to stick with themselves or split. And this is perfect from Haley. She managed to pull this off perfectly and she got what she wanted. She ended up managing to split that five alliance. And now suddenly the brain, I don't think she even realized this. The brains now had a four to three to two majority. They could have voted out whoever they wanted. They didn't have to go with Simon or Shannon's plan. They didn't have to side with either of them. They could have voted out whoever they wanted to, because now they had a plurality majority in a four, three, two. So brilliant work by Haley. Still didn't have to use her idol, still has that in her pocket, and her threat level hasn't increased whatsoever. 
people still think of her as being hiding under the radar, but she's been playing an exceptional game so far. She's a really social player, knows survivor strategy and knew how to pull off a move like this. I'm just, I was just in awe of the fact that she was able to cause a prisoner's dilemma. Like that's insane. For those of you who don't know what a prisoner's dilemma is, it's a part of game theory and it's essentially um, forcing your other team, the other alliance to either stick together or split without knowing and at the same time risking their own spot in the game. So very good on Haley's behalf. Sad to see Shannon get voted out though. I think she had real potential in this game. Yeah, I think she could have gone really far had it not been for a twist that happened in this episode. Now, let's touch on this twist. The twist that both tribes ended up end up going to tribal council and the fact that four people end up determining the fate of these two people. Yeah, I don't it's it's a bit of a strange one. I've been hearing from a lot of the Facebook groups and in the forums this was a very bad twist to have four people decide the fate of one person to go home. And those two people who were on the chopping block being Laura and Shannon, not really having any room to move and being left to the fate of these four people who had no agency whatsoever. The, mo- the four most misaligned people in this whole game ended up having probably the most impact in this game so far. Um, what were your thoughts on this twist so far, Cam? Look, uh, it definitely was a weird one. I think it could have been interesting if they had done some sort of like talk with just the four of them debating it without having like anyone else being able to put their opinion in. Like it seemed a bit strange that Simon had more of a voice in the decision than like, oh, it was so like strange actually making the decision. Like I feel like they should have at least been separated from everyone or Jonathan should have like made sure that no one um, from the tribe was talking. Yeah. It was, it was definitely weird. I think it could have been cool if they, had been like told maybe at the reward challenge that they were going to have that decision. So then they could like use that information to their advantage some, some sort of way later on. But yeah, definitely, definitely was a strange one. Yeah. I think this is one of the strangest production twists that's happened in survivor history. Like if I was playing this season and I heard that both tribes were going to tribal council, my initial thought would be no one's getting voted out because Australian survivor have a schedule that they need to stick to. And because of that, they need a certain amount of non-elimination episodes every season. So my initial thought would have been no one's going home here, um, which might have, which might be a bit of an oversight on my behalf if I was a player. But I think every super fan would have realised that there would have been a twist um, somehow in terms of the voting. Now, the fact that Simon was able to speak when those four people were deciding, that shouldn't have been able to happen. I've been reading that a lot of forums. I also saw Flick from season one and from All Stars say that this was a bad production move. Simon shouldn't have been able to talk and influence the vote. Simon was immune. He had nothing to lose by raising that opinion of Shannon. And Shannon ended up going home because of a rogue comment, essentially. Like someone could have said anything whatsoever. And the four, probably the least strategic players there, would have just jumped on anything that was said at by anyone at the tribal council. So not a great move by production in this part. Also wanted to bring up the fact that Georgia managed to skip this entire tribal council simply because she might've had a medical issue. I mean, this has never happened in Survivor before. I also heard Flick um, bring this up on a forum saying that this has never happened before. This was never a rule. She shouldn't have been able to 
be voided from this tribal council because essentially what happens at this vote like this could have impacted the game the game massively if she was able to leave and then come back like completely unfair shouldn't have been able to happen what do you think about that cam i mean i can just i can just now imagine a big player like someone similar to um like, I, I could see, what's his name who got out earlier at the start of the week? What was his name again? Joey. Yeah, I, I could see Joey, um, like, potentially faking sickness or something <laughs> if he was still in. Um, yeah, like, honestly, it seems, it seems a bit ridiculous, to be honest. Like, I think if you're sick enough to be taken off, off grounds, like, I think you should definitely be sick enough for that to be the end of your game. Yeah. It, it just, yeah, and then it just accused... It sort of, sorry, it caused huge repercussions for for Laura, who was then just stuck by herself, the only person in her alliance who could have been voted out. So, yeah, it bit of a stitch up for Laura and just, yeah, a bit of a, a bad move by the show, to be honest. Yeah, it's just super strange. Like, this shouldn't have happened by production. Georgia shouldn't have been able to leave. And then as we see in the preview for next episode, she comes right back in and now she slots right into her alliance. Like imagine if Laura went home there, then the game would have been completely different. Like Rachel would have been on her own. But it is what it is. It's been a very interesting week of Survivor, that's for sure. We've had a lot of twists, a lot of controversial moves, a lot of strategy or non-strategy that turn out to be blindsides. It's just been a very chaotic week so far. I just want to touch on something as well. We're not seeing a lot of the strategy and social talk this season. I feel like the editing's been a bit uh, lopsided. We're not seeing a lot of the strategic chats and a lot of the votes that have occurred. Like we saw Baden vote for Flick in this final episode. We got no explanation of that. We got no explanation of why Way initially turned against George in a previous week's episode and the dynamics there. I just feel like we just haven't got a great understanding of the tribe dynamics between each individual player. And the fact that Australian Survivor is typically 90-minute episodes, that's ample time to be able to focus on each individual player, get to know them better, get to know their relationships with other players. The fact that some players have only had two confessionals this whole season and are still there, it's astounding. It's, yeah, it's just really strange editing on Australian Survivor's behalf. Do you have anything? Do you have any thoughts about that, Cam? Yeah, no, no, I, def- I definitely agree. Like, I think particularly with that um, wave flip earlier on, like she, like we had absolutely no explanation as to why she flipped, except for some sort of like ten second thing about her being like, just because you played an idol for me, George, doesn't mean I need to stick with you. It's like, yeah, but like, like did anyone come up to you and? tell you who to vote for like what what happened behind the scenes with that we heard nothing except for that 10 second little confessional from her like it yeah it's just been a bit odd yeah super strange uh hopefully we get to know these players a bit better in the coming episodes it seems like australian survivor really love their twists and really love their idols just want to bring up something as well we've had we saw four idols at one point in this season this is crazy why, why on earth are there four idols in play at once as I've said before in a previous episode, you can't have more than three idols in play at one time because if idols are only allowed to be played up until the final five, if all those players hold on to their idols, you have four players, you have five players uh, left in the game, 
Four of them have idols. One of them might have individual immunity. Essentially, your game is broken. It doesn't work. So, yeah, th- there's way too many idols in this game. I've heard a bunch of fans say that as well. Seems like everyone's getting an idol every second. Is Survivor nowadays has gone more towards the fact that, oh, idols are super entertaining when there's an idol played at Tribal Council. Everyone's super excited, super into it. But it just takes away from what Survivor initially was at the start, which was a social and strategic game. There were no idols in play and things were a lot more slower, yes, but it really rested on how good someone's social and strategic play was rather than, oh, I found this thing on the ground. Now I can move forward in the game. Like the fact that some players now think that I can win Survivor just by finding trinkets in the dirt. I don't think that's what Survivor's meant to be. I, I think you share the same kind of thoughts as as I do on this cam. Um, but yeah, did you want to say anything about the amount of idols that are in the game? I mean, I think especially with George, he, I'm not sure whether it was twice that he set out to find one or whether it was just the once, but both times he desperately needed something. Um, and the fact that he was able to get something both times is just absurd. And also with Simon, like production already knowing that he would have had one idol, the fact that they put that second one in the reward oh, challenge that was, that is was ridiculous. So strange. They, should have just, they should have just kept it out. Like Absolutely. Yeah, yeah really, yeah. I don't know what, survive, what production's doing in terms of that. Why would you put another idol in a reward when you know that there are two idols in play? Super strange. Yeah, production's really taking a more modern take on Survivor this time around. We'll see how that turns out in the coming weeks. But anything we forgot to mention from this season, from this week of episodes so far, Cam? Nothing, nothing that I can think of, to be honest. I'm, I'm interested to see how, how things progress next week with these sort of strange tribe dynamics. And also I'm keen to see how Simon starts to make use of his two idols that he just happens to have two weeks into the show. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it, how it plays out. Yeah, that's for sure. I made a prediction last week. My prediction is that Simon's going to get voted out with two idols in his pocket. Going to be the third survivor ever to have that happen to them. It's a bold prediction, but I think there's still, there's still grounds to it. I mean, do you back me on this one, Cam, or what do you think? I mean, I think I think I would have backed you if Laura didn't go and Shannon stayed, because I think Shannon was sort of the big game player for her um, alliance. But now that she's gone, I'm not sure that um, that yeah, other people in that tribe will have the have the strategic game to be able to pull that off. I think that Simon seems to be fairly smart in how he's going so far, but. Yeah, I mean, I can see it happen. I, I do have a bad feeling about it because I do like Simon. So <laughs> we'll see, yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. But we're going to move on into the final segment of the episode. And I think you know which one this one is. It's quote of the week. Now, each week we pull together some of the quotes and we try to pick out which one's the best. And it goes into a leaderboard. I think Kez is on one, Gerald's on one so far. It might be a bit hard to keep track of going further forward, but... Let's get going into quote of the week. So I've got a few nominees up for this week. I've got one that I think should be the winner, but I'll read them out and we'll see what you think, Cam. So first one comes from Gerald and goes, my old man had me pulling the plow by three. This is just a classic Gerald quote, don't you think? Oh, dude, he's just, he's just the most country boy, you know, Australian guy. You know, of course he does. He's like a world champion axe chopper. 
He's a, I think he's a dairy farmer, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Just classic Gerald. It's hard to hate him, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. I think he's a, he's a bit of a, um, he's a bit of, he, I think he's going to be a bit of a fan favorite, to be honest. Yeah, I can definitely see that too. All right, there's nominee number one. Let's move on to nominee number two. This one comes from Laura. It's a bit of a strange one. First bite of that frittata was like an angel peeing in your mouth. <laughs> I never thought I'd hear anyone on Survivor say that, but here it is. <laughs> what do you think about this one? Oh. oh, they all just seem to be malnourished. Like, honestly, <laughs> I, suppose without, <laughs> I suppose without, like, food on the trees or whatever that they can eat, like, it seems like they're going around with fishing, but they all just seem, like, starving whenever food is mentioned. So, oh, it's yeah, crazy. classic, classic quote. That's for sure. Okay, moving on to our third and final one. Comes from JLP. Now, this one is a bit of a banger, in my opinion, from JLP. Guys, if there's one thing we've learned tonight, it's don't trust the polls. I think that was a great line just to wrap up that crazy tribal council. What do you think? Oh, he's always he's always got one up his sleeve, doesn't he? <laughs> good old Jonathan. I think he's... I, I really like him. Yeah, how good. George awesome. always seems to be at the centre of a lot of these... Extended metaphors, I suppose, yeah. when it comes to show, but he's yeah, always he's that, always that in was, the firing line. Hey? He is. All right. Now we normally have three nominees, but this week I think because of Danny getting eliminated in the fashion that he did, both of us felt really bad for him. And I think quote of this week should be it's a little bit spicy in honor of Danny. What do you think, Cam? Yeah, no, I think I think Danny's got to get some sort of respect on the leaderboard. I think he definitely, if he stayed in, would have had some other good quotes. So, yeah, I think definitely give him the respect he deserves on the leaderboard. Yeah, that's for sure. In honour of Danny, his winning quote of the week for week three, good job, Danny. We won't be hearing any more from him for the rest of the season, which is sad, but at least he's one quote of the week. He's on the leaderboard for one, for one week's episode. Good on Danny for that. All right, that wraps up the main part of the episode this week. Thanks for being on the podcast, Cam. What's going on with you this week? Oh, I mean, end of the Olympics, another week of Survivor. Not much happening. It's locked down in Sydney. Just just making it through, watching Gladys at 11 every morning. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> Olympics and Survivor is what's keeping us sane at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I don't know what I'm going to do once the Olympics is over. <laughs> yeah man i don't know either but thanks heaps for joining me this week cam on the podcast it's really a real pleasure being able to chat with you about survivor and thanks to you as well listening at home for taking the time to listen to the podcast it really means a lot especially if you made it all the way to the end i really appreciate you guys make sure to follow us on facebook and instagram at the debutante report and let me know your thoughts on twitter as well at debutante report if you agreed or disagreed with anything i've mentioned in this week's episodes yeah, it'd be great to hear your opinions. And yeah, thanks once again, Cam, for joining me on the pod. It's been fun. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Make sure to tune in for week four of Australian Survivor, Brains versus Brawn. We'll see you then. Catch you later.